July 9th, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon, and tonight we will have a discussion on Cleodynamics, a new science of socioeconomic and political trend and event prediction. Now, contrary to popular belief, this discipline was not spawned by Isaac Asimov's foundation series. That's Harry Seldon's plan. But it is very reminiscent of it. One of the founders is Peter Kirchin, a biologist at the University of Connecticut, who has written a book called War and Peace and War, in which he examines the rise and fall of empires on the cleodynamic scale. Now, this book invites comparison to Oswald Spengler's Decline of the West, which was avidly read by Adolf Hitler and George W. Bush and his neocons. It was the Machiavelli of the 19th century. Now, cleodynamics uses Malthusian mathematical formulas to predict economic and political events. Now, tonight we're going to have, as our distinguished guest uh, on this uh, on this uh, rather deep subject, um, Dr. Troy Camplin, who is an interdisciplinary scholar living in Richardson, Texas. He's the author of, uh, the, of the book Diaphysics, a work of systems philosophy, and several articles and topics ranging from uh, ranging from economics and, and, and technology to the so- sociology of artistic uh, of artistic production. What unifies the majority of his scholarly work is the spontaneous order theory. He has Ph.D. in the in the humanities from the from UT Dallas, a master's in English from the University of Southern Mississippi, and a B.A. in recombinant uh, gene technology from Western Kentucky University. And uh, and uh, so it's, uh, he's uh, just the, just the uh, just the person to, to fill us in on this uh, cleodynamics discipline. Uh, now I I ended up my abstract by saying so if you want to know what the boys in the think tanks are reading, tune in and we will invoke the muse of history. By the way, the muse of history is Cleo, and that's where Cleo dynamics comes from. Uh, Dr. Camplin, are you on board? I am. Oh well, uh, we're honored to have you. Uh, now you uh, you you sent us uh, some some talking points uh, here, but, but before we get going here, there's a couple of questions I would like to ask you. Looking over your, your little bio, which I just read, uh, it looks to me like uh, like you are familiar with, uh, and I'm wondering how, how much influence uh, this may have on cleodynamics, uh, Bertolant, von Bertalanffy's general systems theory. Uh, are you... Uh, you're what? Yes, I'm quite familiar with Yeah, it looks it looks to me like that that might be one of your uh, might might be in your background definitely. Uh, and also, I mentioned uh, Oswald Spengler, um, and I should have also mentioned uh, Gibbon, but his decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Um, uh, and as you know, as people who have tried to do this in the past. And uh, you know, Marx, Karl Marx, also, and, and whatever. So, 
the first uh, uh, one of your points was uh, was Clio Dynamics and kind of describing it for us and 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 uh, uh, you know I I don't think I don't think uh, Peter Kruchin actually founded it. I, it just looks to me like a Russian, like there were some Russians that actually started it off. Is that true? It has a somewhat unique background and therefore approach to it. He, uh, he has a background in mathematical ecology. And so he just he wondered what would happen if he applied those methods to the study of history. Mm-hmm. And and he was sort of asking, you know, well, shouldn't we treat human societies as ecosystems? Um, and if so, and if we do that, you know, what what would happen if, if we use the same sort of uh, uh, mathematical models that we use in ecosystems? have been fairly successful in helping us to understand ecosystems and their dynamics. And so that, uh, that's sort of the unique thing that he brings to yeah. Your sound quality is kind of, kind of, kind of uh, um, bad. You're not breaking up exactly, but, uh, uh, um, you know, what I'm, what I think might be a better idea, might be a good idea would be for you to, uh, uh, to sign off and call back in because uh, you maybe maybe we get a better connection. You're you're talking on a cell phone, aren't you? All right, let me give that a shot. What? Landline or cell phone? Uh, 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 Troy, are you talking on a landline or a cell phone? I assume he's going to call back in. Well, while he's while he's calling back in, uh, 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 Michael Michael Beeson, are you there? I certainly am, folks. Oh, you are good. Yeah, well, well Troy uh, Troy's very it's very interesting what he's saying, but we can't. But but, but, but it, oh, oh Troy, uh, Troy, are you back? I am back. Yeah, I, just, I don't know I if think this is any better. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it My, does sound a little better. It sounds a little better. You you were kind of you were kind of kind of uh, it was it was kind of kind of uh, staticky there for a while. Uh, so you had uh, uh, first in the line was to kind of explain what Clio Dynamics is and and uh, and uh, you you uh, had micro micro history as a macro history as a as a, a, a subtopic there. Uh, and secular cycles versus economic cycles. Uh, I've looked at some of the formulas of this thing, and and one 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 of these people is is predicting uh, doomsday uh, is predicting doomsday, uh, and, and, and uh, I think it's uh, it's uh, uh, 2020 or something like that, and he has an actual date on it. Uh, um, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, because we we used to have a, a kind of a, a humorous thing called the Doom of the Month Club, and the <laughs> idea was you, you join you, know, you join the Doom of the Month Club, and and we give you a free Doom when you join up, you know, and because you get a Doom every month, you know, and and uh, and our our free Doom, the free Doom that we had, was the Chinese duck poop Doom because. Uh, the ducks poop in the in the rice paddies in southern China, and and um, and uh, all of the Chinese coolies have to smoke cigarettes, mostly American cigarettes, to keep their, uh, to, you know, to kill the parasites from the duck poop that they get in their lungs. 
and uh, and so if the cigarettes don't kill them, the duck poop does. And so we we were off we were going to offer that as as a free doom. Uh, if you join the Tomb of the Month Club, what do you think about this uh, the, this uh, predicting the apocalypse? Well, he, he's not really predicting an apocalypse per se. Um, what he what he's done is he's he's done an, an analysis of history, and he's discovered that in the United States, um, not just in the United States, but in 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 sort of modern era uh, countries like the United States, there seems to be a fifty year um, what he calls secular cycle. Um, in yeah. the United States, um, the last one was in in uh, nineteen seventy, and certainly around that time there was a whole lot. <laughs> of uh political violence uh within the country. Yeah, the oh, late sixties yeah. and, and on through the seventies was was a great yeah. deal of political violence. And he he points out too, he said he, that the um uh, the period before that where there was a lot of political violence was nineteen twenty. Yeah. And that's sort of sufficiently far back that people forget. But in fact that was a, a period of great political violence. Mm-hmm. Um, go back another 50 years, and that is 1870. And well, what happened in the 1860s? <laughs> you know, that was the American yeah. Civil War. Right. A uh, great deal of political violence, to say the least. And in the aftermath, um, there was a great deal of political violence as well. And he. he and of course, you know, uh, you know, we can go back to 1776. <laughs> you know, the 1770s, another time of political violence. So and, it goes and in, so, in these hundred-year cycles. Well, about fifty-year cycles. Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, the, the there's also eight, uh, 1920. Yeah. That he noted that there was that there was this big peak. So if if that's the case, then we would expect you know if there was. Um, you know, 1870, eight, uh, 1920, 1970, then the next cycle should peak around 2020. So it's not really sort of a peak clock, but it's, it's more of a we should expect there to be the same kinds of tensions giving rise to an increase in political violence around that time period. Well, uh, I, I, I can I can certainly uh, relate to that. Uh, uh, I'm a I'm an old uh, uh, special warfare school graduate. We had uh, uh, when I was in, we had a number of uh, uh, European instructors uh, from Central Europe who had gone through all of that uh, partisan activity during World War II and and the, the political unrest leading up to it. And they had a formula. They said. When hardcore unemployment reaches fifteen percent, the shooting starts. And I remember that. I remember one of the, one of these old uh, Czechoslovakian guys writing that on the blackboard. <laughs> and of course, we got uh, right now. Looks like in this country, we have more than uh, than, than than that as hardcore unemployment. And uh, so, but the, and, and 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 predictably, the shootings uh, is starting all over the place. Uh, so I guess I guess maybe uh, uh, you know uh, maybe there there's something to this this these predictions. Um, uh, so the uh, the Malthusian aspect of it, um, 
I know, I, I just been, by the way, uh, before you called, I managed, I got the, uh, I got uh, Turchin's book, War and Peace and War, and I managed to get through the introduction. And uh, what do you think about his, his uh, Azabia theory? theory? Oh, uh, what theory is that again? Yes, Azabia. He gets it from Ibn Khaldun, who was a who was a Muslim, uh, uh, kind of a Muslim philosopher and and commentator uh, back back as I recall, uh, you know, in the ninth century or something like that. And Ibn Khaldun came up with this this um, theory about uh, he called it Azabia. It was sort of the charisma of the of the group. Uh, and uh, kind of a group charisma or group baraka, something like that. And and uh, Turchin seems to seems to make a, make a lot out of that. And and he seems to think that religion is is a is is a very definite factor that that should be that should be factored into cleodynamic uh, uh, predictions. The way I gather it. Um, and of course, that would certainly um, bear out. You know the sort of thing that we're experiencing uh, in the Middle East right now, uh, and but uh, and also it would uh, bear out some of Carl Jung's theories. You know that religion is something that people people sort of have to have. Uh, how does that figure into Cleo dynamics? Well, uh, something like uh, religion is especially. I mean, if we look at it historically, uh, religions have this tendency to to unite groups. And there have been some particular religions that have been particularly good at it. Um, obviously, you know, some obvious ones being Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, and Islam. Um, do a spectacular job of uniting huge groups of people. Um, and 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 you start to get sort of a you know large groups of people who are thinking the same way, believing the same way. And of course this. This, you know, is also then in tension with various political realities, uh, uh, differences in language, differences in culture, and so you you, ha- you very often have those kinds of tensions. There's both uh, uniting and division, depending upon what level of uh, you know, you're looking at. You know, so, for example, in, in Europe, you're both it's both the you. you Unification under Christianity, but also then division, you know, political divisions. Yeah, the uh, well, uh, um, one of the power, the power that uh, uh, that that uh, uh, groups like ISIS and Al Qaeda have, primarily uh, using children and actually training them, uh, training children. Uh, and, and I mentioned one time that that this this business of of uh, making uh, making people from the time they're they're seven years old get down on the floor and put their head down and and, and pray five times a day is is a form of brainwashing and and, uh, and 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 ends up as a form of mind control. So what you really have is 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 a bunch of uh, people that are. Uh, that are just just brainwashed into into I, I think now that's of course you know I'm 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 you have to you have to realize my perspective of course is is um, you know kind of I kind of take a uh, special forces perspective on this thing so I'm I'm a bit hostile to that but uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but then on the other hand, uh, um, it is effective. It's very effective. And uh, I had a I had a Jewish friend who who uh, was it was in a think tank, and and he was asking me, uh, you know, he he was suggesting that the Arabs were that it was all economic, you know, that, oh, there was no religion, that, that religion doesn't really mean anything. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> and right. uh, I think. I think by now he's changed his mind. Um, so, uh, so it does have uh, have a lot to do with it. Um, and uh, so we have uh, uh, yeah, macro macro history is is to micro history as macroeconomics is to microeconomics. And this, of course, is is uh, in our hermetic perspective, microcosm, microcosm, as above, so below, this is fits right in. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah. Um, I, that equation is very important because um, the vast majority of, of economics that is done is, of course, microeconomics. It's dealing mm -hmm. with sort of individuals and, and their interactions with each other. Um, then you also have, the, have macroeconomics, which in its current, you know, permutation, um, may not even qualify entirely as a science. Um, but the, the the understanding that there is a macro level is is important, and and there are some things that are happening uh, in the complexity science and uh, agent-based modeling and that sort of thing that are actually starting to move uh, macroeconomics in the right direction, uh, self-organization theory and that sort of thing. Uh, the fortunate thing, the clear dynamics seems to sort of be introducing a, a macro history um, on top of the, the way the history is done now, which is micro history. Uh, interest in, you know, this particular king or that particular ruler or this important pope um, or even... Uh, you know, more recently, interest in uh, sort of uh, less, you know, for lack of a better term, in, you know, important people or, or you know, people who aren't elites, uh, for example, and sort of learning sort of cultural history and that sort of thing. But even that then is sort of ma micro history. It's looking at how these individuals are, are living and looking at the history of those individuals. Uh, what Turchin is doing is he's introducing a, a sort of macro history and and looking at sort of these these forces in a in a bigger sense. Um, microeconomics um, is uh, the the models for microeconomics are based on equilibrium theory, and again, this makes sense as far as it goes for individuals. Um, you have things sort of uh, uh, reaching an equilibrium. You have negative feedback, uh, dampening things out. Macroeconomics, if you look at things sort of on the bigger scale, what you have is uh, positive feedback. Uh, positive feedback are th you know, sort of runaway things. Uh, it, it results in cycles and that sort of thing. And in, indeed, that's what we see in the economy. We see cycles in the economy. We see... Uh, economic cycles of boom and bust, and uh, we see, you know, all, any number of other cycles. And this is what Turchin is discovering, um, are these historical cycles, and they're based on this po idea of positive feedback. Uh, positive feedback always leads to these uh, these boom and bust cycles. Yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, um, um, I was I was uh, uh, fishing around for uh, uh, for uh, 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 an analogy here to general systems theory because it seems to have some relation to that. Uh, the microcosm, you know, microcosm, macrocosm uh, uh, idea. And oh, oh, I, I know what, what I was fishing for. Uh, Matthew's theory. Matthew's theory, and and that's one uh, of uh, uh, the rich get richer and the poor get past the poor get poorer. And this is mm-hmm. one of the one of the things Truchin uh, uh, is, is saying causes the causes the collapse of empires, and the, and that's one he is certainly right about. And and uh, the British, I, you probably know this, but the British Empire at right before World War Two. Uh, they 10% of, of the people in Britain had 90% of the wealth, and they were they were they were just about ready to collapse. And and uh, and actually, uh, you know, it wasn't World War II that 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 that, that put them in the in the in the dumps. It was it was they were just about ready to go out at that at that time. And the same thing is happening in this country. We have we have we have almost ninety percent of the wealth in the hands of about ten percent of the people. And, right. and, and this, um, yeah, go and, ahead. Well, and and and, and Turchin actually um, he points out that sort of the, the situation that part of the situation, but there's another part of the situation, which is the overproduction of elites, and um, that's that's exactly what we're seeing in the United States right now. Um, now, what does he mean by overproduction of elites? Well, imagine that you, um, you know, and, and this is where sort of economics and and and, uh, the, uh, and history are sort of coinciding here. Uh, what, we, what we see right now in the United States is uh, we have something like 50% of the population or more now going to college. And part of that is being driven by sort of artificially cheap interest rates for student loans so that more and more people can go to college. The problem is is that with more people going to college and bringing these student loans, the universities are charging more and more and more and more and more. And so the student loans are actually what are driving high uh, the very high cost of of going to college nowadays. Yeah, the um, student loans are making slaves out of these kids. Well, yes, and that's that's another aspect of it. Um, but but think about this: we have you know more than half of the population get going to college. They're they're graduating. Some of them, when when they realize that they can't get jobs, then go get a master's degree. And some of those, you know, then go on like myself and go get a PhD. <laughs> and what's happening more and more is that people are finding that they're not able to get jobs that they were educated for. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody who's majoring in women's studies or something. I'm talking about people, yeah, who, you know, majoring in business and, and business, you know, getting a master's in business administration. Um, and, and in fact, uh, even now, their um, law schools starting to go out of business uh, because there's such a glut of lawyers. Yeah. 
so you you have you have a situation where um, the United States is producing more and more and more very educated people who are not able to get jobs that uh, very often that require a college education. Um, and they're and forming, so, they're, they're, this, they're, this group is forming their own their own fifteen percent. Of, of the unemployment, and they're doing their own kind of shooting <laughs> because they're very well, dissatisfied, and that's a very dissatisfied uh, group of people I know. And and uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that that forward because that that's something I hadn't. You know, we 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 talk about we we get we we get into all these big discussions about what Monsanto is doing with food and 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 uh, and all of that, and we forget about situations like this because this is really this is really really important the the, the disparity in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And 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 not only that, you, so you have this this group of people who are. Uh, very educated and either unemployed or underemployed, or feel like they're sort of misallocated human resources. You know, they're they're not they're not doing what they were trained to do, and they're doing stuff that they didn't need to go to college to do. So you have that huge group of people. On the other hand, you also have a whole bunch of people who are successful, very very successful. But the funny thing about people who are financially successful is that after a while they get to thinking to themselves. Gee, I've you know accomplished so much. I'm now a multimillionaire or a multi-billionaire. I think I'll go into politics. You know, give back to my community by going into into government, going into politics. Yeah. So here's another way that you overproduce elites. So we have all of these people who who are very wealthy and now want to go into politics. And I mean, think about just think about the Republican pool right now for crying out loud. Is what at least thirteen people have declared already? Yeah, I mean that's a third. That's a lot well, of I people. Mean, how you know? Uh, well, I, I understand that fifty-five percent of the population are, are, are on food stamps, and I'm wondering how many of how many of the the highly educated poor are in that category too. You know? Yeah, and and, they, and think about how resentful you would be. It's like. Okay, I have this college degree, so so I know a lot. You know, for, more than that, they've 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 been taught all sorts of things about you know the unfairness of the free market economy and 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 you know that you know the exploitation of the workers and exploitation of this group and that group and every other group under the sun. So everybody's a victim. And so now they're in a situation where it's like, okay, I have this degree, I've gone to college, I can't find a job. I'm on food stamps. Heck, I am a victim. <laughs> you know, I can right. I empathize for, with that. You know, why why wouldn't you feel like a victim? Well, Have you been told them? Them? Yeah. 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 I yeah, right. I agree with you. We have a well, we this we have a, a tremendous number of very discontented people in this country, and that goes right across the class. That 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 all the way down from the so-called upper class whatever that is, all the way down to the... I don't think we have an upper class anymore. We have a rich class and a and, and, then, and then a poor uh, then a poor educated class and then a, then a poor uneducated class. But, but uh, everybody seems to be discontented about something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so... 
Go ahead. Now, if you if, so, if you want to know what you know, so so this is this is a situation on the ground, and this is a situation that Peter Kirchin claims leads to periods of of strong political violence. Um, in fact, be, before before I discovered uh, cleodynamics um, back in 2011, I had written this article um, that's published at the Pope Center called Egypt's Revolution in Higher Education. Mm-hmm. And in it, I, I pointed out that, it, that, for example, in Egypt, the median age is 24. More than 25% of the population is attended or has attended the university. About 50% of those people have dropped out. And university education in Egypt is free. So, you know, there, there's an incentive to go. You, it's free. Uh, and the incentive yeah. is even more. More than that, they, they, they uh, in Egypt, they, if you graduate, if you graduated from uh, the university, you were guaranteed a government job. Yeah, which of course works out until you run out of government jobs. Yeah, and those, so, uh, well, what what period now? What what uh, what period are you are you talking about here? Uh, well, this, 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 my, my this isn't, isn't today. Well, not no, this today, because... In, in, 2000, in 2011, um, Egypt's unemployment rate was about the same as the United States, about 9%. Yeah. And, but uh, 87.2% of the unemployed were between the ages of 15 and 29. And the biggest group that were unemployed were those with Basically, unemployment among Egyptian college graduates was ten times higher than those who did not go to college. Yeah, that was the situation well, right before they overthrew Mubarak. <laughs> well, while we're creating, as 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 we we realize we're, uh, or 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 we are we are realizing tonight, and I hope we're enlightening some people listening. That we are, we are uh, that this situation generating uh, a huge, a huge reservoir of discontent, and that reservoir of discontent uh, can reach an explosive, an explosive uh, 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 condition if it if it continues. And something has to be. I, I think something has to be done about this. Now, this was the point. Uh, that has been made about cleodynamics and some of the things that I've read. Uh, that it uh, and that it, uh, it it has, uh, according to some critics, it has a it has a uh, um, conspiratorial aspect because if you are if you are in tune with it and if you are if you if you use it, then you can you know you you know when to manipulate. This, of course, was uh, um, and I said to begin with, and you know, in the abstract, when we started off on the show. I said that. The cleodynamics did not grow out of Asimov's foundation, but right. I have to. I I don't know what Turchin. I think it with Turchin. I think it did because he opens up his introduction to uh, War and Peace and War with 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 a description of uh, of Harry Seldon and 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 the plan. That's that's where he starts out. But you remember that the second foundation, the, the they were the manipulators. They they. They ran the plan. They ran the mathematics. They had the big computers, and they 
they knew how how to how to manage events. Now, uh, Truchin uh, or somebody says that that uh, somebody says that uh, Asimov didn't know about the butterfly effect, but I don't. But he certainly <laughs> knew something like the butterfly effect because. Uh, as you know, the the outgrowth the butterfly effect is is okay. Uh, let's let let let's go kill the butter you know kill kill the butterfly before he does something before he causes a, an apocalypse. And 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 the second foundation people that's what they did. They 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 were they they could predict. Um, they they were on the lookout for another mule. And and uh, and this is one of the things about cleodynamics, the conspiratorial aspect of it, that some people are criticizing and saying, okay, uh, these guys who who are running these programs and and making these and, and, and are in these think tanks doing this, they know they know uh, how to how to how to manipulate things. So what do you think about that? Well, uh, yeah, one one could certainly say, and and I think mostly so. Um, the same thing about the the, the founders of macroeconomics. Uh, having discovered macroeconomics, they were convinced that, oh well, now we can control things. We can, um, you know, we can control the money supply and the interest rates and and manipulate yeah. things so that they'll turn out just fine. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have been discovering that that's simply not true. <laughs> yeah. Um, that print, the, yeah, well, the, print more the, money. The, we just got to print, print more money. <laughs> Quick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that won't cause inflation. Um, and so, so the thing is, is that if we if we look at if we look at theodynamics as we should look at macroeconomics as a way of understanding the system. Um, and yeah. understanding social systems, then it is a useful thing and a beneficial thing, and it will allow us to make what um, F. A. Hayek called um, uh, pattern predictions. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and yeah, yeah, And so, pattern predictions are fine. We we should expect to be able to make pattern predictions. You know, oh, will there be problems in in 2020? But what do those problems look like? You know, well, it's it's hard to say. You know, in the in the late 60s or early 70s, a lot of that was caused by what we could essentially call a civil war within the Democratic Party. You know, you had your Southern Democrats were fighting. You know, the Northern Democrats on yep. issues of civil rights and and economic justice and that sort of thing. I don't think that anybody would have exactly predicted that that's what the big deal was going to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, that uh, uh, somebody said about Asimov's foundation is that, that he wrote the whole book or the whole uh, trilogy uh, uh, to, to resolve the uh, dichotomy between uh, between uh, socioeconomic trends versus the great man theory because uh, he didn't, you know, uh, 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 psychohistory the way he envisioned it did not take right. to, to, to take the great man theory into consideration. And the great man theory, as you know, was a valid theory of history. Uh, uh, 
back, uh, well, before Toynbee, I think. Uh, uh, I don't think Toynbee was that much into it. But but it was a, it was a voluntary of history, like Alexander the Great, you know, yeah, it was a great was a great factor in history, and and uh, and Genghis Khan, you know, uh, uh, people like Napoleon and Hitler, you know, what what the, the, the idea was, what would we do without these people? I mean, they're the ones that make history, and uh, this, of course, is what uh, is what Asimov, according to some critics, what Asimov uh, 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 wrote his whole book about was was uh oh we have this thing all worked out we got everything worked out everything works except except uh oh what do we do about about a mutant with tremendous charisma right yeah what yeah, do he, we yeah, do a great man yeah. <laughs> what do we do and and that now what is cleodynamics how is cleodynamics dealing with the great man theory well uh, you know certainly if if you sort of take a look. You know, he 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 posits that that there's a tension among sort of well am, among various uh, factors, but he focuses on three. You know, the state, uh, the population, and on elites. Well, you know, where are the where are the quote unquote great men and women, but in the elites. So obviously, the elites play an important part. Um, so you're going to have a, you know people making sort of uh, disproportionate. Um, contributions to um, politics or the economy, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and and while you know one may say, oh well, you know some of these things are going to come about anyway. Uh, a lot of these things come about when they come about because of the person who was in place at that time. You know, who had yeah. the, the the vision, the insight, and so forth. You know, what you know. Surely physics would have been discovered without Newton, but you know, it was discovered when it was because of Newton. Well, what well the, the, the demagogue, what the, the demagogue, which or demagogue, which which is is what uh, I, I suppose Asimov's mule would be would be the 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 ultimate uh, the the ultimate demagogue is a mutation who has who has tele who has able. Who has a, who has telepathic charisma, but uh, the most the most prominent modern version of that, of course, is Adolf Hitler, and and you you can say, um, you know, Hitler used to say, used to say, thank God for the Jews. If they had not have existed, we would have had to invent them. But <laughs> conversely, uh, Germany in in back in that in that time could have said, thank God for Hitler, if he hadn't have existed, we would have had to, had to invent him, you know, because he, he was, he, he personified the, the, uh, the frustration and, and, and played upon the frustration and the anger and the resentment and the, and the, uh, uh, the angst of the German people at that at that time, you know, during the, during the, the, the depression and, 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 uh, and after after that terrible, you know, what the what they suffered, and uh, uh, you know after the Treaty of Versailles, uh, so he he really did he epitomized. So in a sense, uh, perhaps the great man, uh, the, what makes the great man great is that he he can embody that. And to go back to use uh, uh, Turchin's term, 
the the uh, the abysma or whatever you know whatever called doing that Arabic word, the charisma of the race, you know, the charisma of the of, of the group, and and he personified it. So maybe that maybe that that uh, would. I don't know. I'm trying to argue against the great man theory in a sense here. Uh, but uh, um, uh, do you think uh, uh, do you think that that, that w- would fit? That would fit the more more into the uh, cleodynamic model, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, there's this uh, tension between sort of the the group and and the and sort of these big individuals who can who maybe may come out of the group and may move the group. Um, it sort of re- reminds me of, uh, of uh, Nietzsche's theory about the the role of the uh, the chorus in the ancient Greek tragedies. That the the idea was that you know the the chorus spoke for the group, and then out of the group came the in, the individual um, who who was the you know the, the the one who then sort of makes this big cultural social change is then punished for it and then everybody sort of walks through the door after they've punished him. Uh, you know, that, that's the the tragic view of the great man um, yeah. idea. The martyr, um, yeah, and, the martyr, yeah, yeah. Kind of the Christ figure. Uh, and, uh, oh. but, yeah, the, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think we all know the Constantine, the Constantine, uh, 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 gave the Roman Empire over to Christianity because he thought it, he thought it would it it would it would make uh, the, it, it would help him control the slave population in Rome. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I I think that uh, that. Uh, we're talking here, uh, going down your points here, uh, in relation to economic conditions. Um, I think we pretty well covered that. Your last point that you had was in relation to government. Now, that, that uh, you know, if government studies cleodynamics, and I'm sure they are at this point, uh, uh, and I hope, but I hope not, not, not too much like the Second Foundation, uh, but um, do you think uh, do you think that uh, that, uh, that 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 cleodynamics does have a have a, a you know a, uh, that out of these think tanks come come uh, come some plans? I, I I'd hate to use the the Counter Pippin report as an example, but but uh, what could we? Uh, uh, how, how do you think this 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 might work? Well, um, the government's going to be involved in a, in a variety of ways. Uh, one, for example, is the use of, of regulations. Um, regulations, um, while, while you know, regulations are typically sold on the idea that, oh, we're going, you know, but with these regulations, we're going to protect the consumer and we're going to protect this, that, and the other group from these evil capitalists. What they what regulations typically and more often do, and, and which is and also this is why businesses very often push for regulations, is they actually protect the currently existing businesses. They they protect the current the already rich from competition. 
from right up from the middle class who might come up and and compete with them on on these things. So government regulations actually contribute to this problem um, through such things as regulations that make it impossible for entrepreneurs to enter the market, or or at least very difficult. Uh, protecting the already wealthy, which then allows for the concentration of wealth uh, as the middle class gets, uh, you know, sort of scooped out. You know, the provisions of things like, you know, welfare to to mollify the the poor, but also then it, it helps to sort of build the poor as well. You know, if you know if you're if you're if you consider if your political your your political party. Um, thinks of its constituency as the poor, you know, it's in their best interest to create as many of their constituency as possible, <laughs> i.e. the poor. Yeah. Have you had the, uh, had the distinct uh, pleasure of being enlightened by Patty Chayefsky's uh, uh, um, uh, the speech that he has, Net BD Delivery and Network, uh, the, the that classic film Network. You know when when Net BD, the corporate, the, the head of the corporation, yeah. uh, cuts loose on 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 the poor on the on on the mad profit. You know, right? You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mister Beal. <laughs> uh, I I love that, and 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 I would you you know every time. I, we get we get one of these uh, one of these people that rants or raves about the Illuminati controlling everything, and and uh, <laughs> and I, I I always tell them I say just go to YouTube and watch Ned Beatty's speech if you want to know what it's all about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they and, and, and they do. And and as far as the other one that I that the the, the other YouTube one that that when whatever they you know I get somebody that that, that thinks that. That religion uh, that, that isn't isn't motivating, uh, you know, it, that the religion isn't really the issue in the Middle East and all that. I tell them to go to YouTube and 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 just just watch the Mad Mahdi and watch Florence Olivier deliver his uh, speech from his tent, you know, in, in Khartoum. And that that one, <laughs> that that that's a classic. Uh, the um, um, and I mentioned the Carter Pippen report, uh, which came out. Well, actually, uh, boy, I think I think it came out before Cleo Dynamics uh, really got underway. Uh, that was back back in Lyndon Johnson's time, the war on poverty, and uh, they a couple of sociologists. Have you heard about that? Uh, I haven't heard about that one. Well, that, that the counter is it's counter Pippin. I, I'm not sure exactly how to spell it. It's a husband and wife uh, uh, team, and they they came up with a with a, a, a very Marxist oriented uh, report based on the, some of the stuff we've been talking about uh, and the, the conditions. And they uh, what they were suggesting was that we that the government increase entitlements, uh, increase entitlements until until. Uh, uh, the working class could no longer uh, uh, handle the tax burden, and and the economy would then collapse, and they would guarantee everyone a, a living income, everyone in the country, and that uh, and that of course would naturally mean that we would have to have some sort of a, a Marxist state, 
and uh, right. they 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 got some government. Uh, they 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 actually got apparently got some credibility with the government on this thing, um, and that's the sort of thing that that I worry about uh, in uh, in uh, taking uh, Clio Dynamics. Uh, uh, from the think tank into the uh, you know into the actual uh, uh, in the, into the realm of the IRS and all the rest of that you know I, uh, that that worries me that it worries me personally um, and I I'm uh, um, and yet at the same time um, I don't think that that, the, that we have to have some we have to have some form of socialism these days. The, the, the world is just too complex, and economies are too complex. We, can, we, we, we can't survive without it. And just retaining the, retaining the personal freedom and privacy and all that, that's, that's the, you know, the thing that we have to worry the most about, I think. Um, and uh, so uh, one of, I'm sure that, that some of the people listening are... are you know, thinking that we're talking, we're talking about uh, about something that uh, we've been talking about something that um, that evokes a kind of an idea of of, of a bunch of uh, a bunch of um, very very bright uh, scientific uh, uh, geeks uh, controlling their destiny, and I and and I wish. I wish somehow or other we could convince them that 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 that's not what we're trying. You know what what this is all leading to. That this is this should be helpful. We should try and use this. We should tr- use this discipline to try to solve problems like uh, uh, like uh, you know our our world food situation and things like that. Uh, and and some of these economic situations where, as you've been mentioning. Uh, and uh, he, we have to have people have to have work. Uh, you know, a society without work is just uh, uh, not going. It's just not functional. Uh, that idleness, you know, the old the old uh, Pennsylvania Dutch expression, "idle hands are the devil's workshop." But uh, people have to have something worthwhile to do. And granted. Uh, like in the army, we could get them out painting painting rocks along the side of the road, something like that. But but make work is not really. Uh, uh, we uh, this idea this idea of creating uh, meaningful meaningful work. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think maybe we could uh, the Clio Dynamics could kind of focus in that direction? Hopefully. Well, it. Um now, one thing that I that I hope Cleo Dynamic can help us do is to come to a better understanding of historical forces um, and the interrelationships among elites, the general population, uh, uh, actions of the government, uh, actions within the economy, and so forth. Um, a lot of trends that um, that we're seeing in the economy, I think, are 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 opening up some real possibilities for. More fulfilling work, perhaps, um, than we've than we've seen in the past. You know, uh, we're getting more and more opportunities, work that is fulfilling to ourselves, um, and that and that other people want done. Uh, a lot of the sort of grunge work, grunt work, is being taken over by uh, you know computers and robots and so on and so forth. 
uh, we're getting a lot more mechanized, and I think that's generally good. Um, at the same time, we have to expect this is going to be sort of a, you know, to use a trumpeter's term, uh, creative destruction. <laughs> that uh, well, uh, take, Uber, take Uber, for example. Referring back uh, to science, science fiction again, uh, 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 Frank Herbert in, in his Dune, uh, uh, which is not quite as significant as the Foundation series, but in his Dune series, he, he uh, postulated a revolt against, against machines and against computers, and, and uh, the idea is they had a technological revolt uh, based upon uh, the fact that, that, you know, people need something to do. And, and so the, the idea they, they had, Herbert had was that they, they overthrew the, the machines because the machines were dehumanizing them, and then they decided they were going to do everything the machines were doing people were going to learn to do, including including computer skills. And, uh, you know, so they developed a class of mentats who were so highly trained that they could that they could uh, use their brains as, as computers. And, uh, you know, and this... Uh, 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 it, one, one almost feels like, in a way, that at this point, uh, that maybe we need... Maybe we should consider uh, detecting de-technology, de-technologizing ourselves to some degree, and and just just to give, well, frankly, to give people meaningful work to do, you know, uh, and, and, and yeah, we we we've made uh, we made things too e- so easy for ourselves that we that we now uh, we now have have no meaningful no meaningful jobs. What do you uh, you you um, uh, what, are, what are your what are your what are your thoughts on that idea? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't think putting the same bolt into the same place for eight hours straight every day of every week of every month of every year is meaningful work. <laughs> it might be I agree with you there. I agree with you there. <laughs> you know what happened in the I, automobile? I think the robot could do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, a robot could certainly do that, yes. But, but in uh, in uh, you know uh, Henry Ford, I'm glad you brought that up because I just saw a Charlie Chaplin uh, movie, an old Charlie Chaplin movie, in which he satired that whole process and he right. satired it. Yeah, that, that the, the, Henry Ford was driving people insane with his assembly lines. He literally was, and and, right, and, uh, and that's why he had to pay him so much. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and but. But now, as a result of, of, of all of that, all of that, our auto workers before before our whole automobile industry just about collapsed, uh, our auto workers were were becoming master assemblers. They, they they each worker would go all around learning to do all of the all of the you know, he put he he, he put every he, he eventually put every bolt and every hole in the whole chassis. <laughs> You know, and and that way he, he uh, it was a lot more uh, uh, fulfilling assembling cars, and uh, it's that we can take that approach to, uh, to some of these these jobs. We could. I'm I'm not anti-technology myself. I know I know uh, I know Zandria thinks sometimes that I am, but, but I'm not uh, I'm not uh, I'm not really uh, um, um, that an, that that anti-technology. But I do think. That we that 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 that, that uh, our technology is, is is to some degree dehumanizing, and and that that does worry me. 
and and I do I do think that we should we should think about creating creating jobs um, where where uh, where we we are independent where we don't have to import all our cho- our shoes from China. We should have an American shoemaking industry, and and uh, and and you know we we should we we, we should somewhere in the in the United States we should be making everything we need in one in you know in in, in one way or another. I, I I think that 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 would be make and make us stronger, and, and it would uh, and it would uh, re, and it would recover the old idea of, of learning a trade and and, and all of that. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know that's just I'm, I'm just trying to be I'm being idealistic. Uh, <laughs> and yet at the same time, I really do. There's a part of me that that um, there's a part of me that kind of that kind of uh, identifies with the you know with the second foundation and I and you know that. Yeah. Let me let me uh, let me uh, share something with you that you may not know. Uh, that Barbara de Grimston. The mm-hmm. woman who Barbara de Grimston, the woman who took over uh, from uh, her husband uh, the infamous Process Church of the Final Judgment, which you may never have heard of. Uh, it was uh, they terrified people back in the in the 1970s, uh, prowling around in, in their black robes with with their Alsatian dogs and and whatever. And uh, they were an offshoot of of Scientology that. But uh, Barbara de Grimston, who eventually ran the process, she uh, was courting Isaac Asimov, and she changed the name of Process Church of the Final Judgment to the Foundation. Mm. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, 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 I have, I have a friend who was who was involved in that, and and uh, I asked him about that, and he got kind of embarrassed about that. You know, I said, well, you know, uh, <laughs> but that, yeah, interesting, though, that that, was, that, that she changed the name of, of, of process, the process Church of the Final Judgment of the Foundation. Anyway, uh, uh, Dr. Kaplan, thanks so much for being on board, and, and you really have given us a good uh, a good perspective on this, and, and, and uh and uh, you know, you a lot of food for thought. And uh, and thanks, uh, as I say, so much for being with us. Uh, next week we're gonna uh, we're gonna have uh, another another mind bending show on a similar subject, and I won't reveal what it is right now, but I'll set the abstract out. And uh, meanwhile, uh, everybody, be, take care, be well, and good magic. Thank you very much for having me.